Hey, what's up, fam? How's it going? I am so glad to be back with you this week. I am sorry I was not around last week. I will address that in this podcast, but I do apologize. There were a few things that were going on, and I just needed a mental health break. So here I am. I am ready to talk to you and work with you, and hopefully we are able to get back on track. And I know it's the holiday season, so a lot of you are probably traveling. I know I'm getting ready to travel. Um, so let's just get right into it, shall we? Uh, this time of year, I find myself really looking forward to decorations, music, fires, warm drinks, non-alcoholic, of course. Um, but also at this time of year, I find myself prone to anxiety, frustration, and a tendency to lash out when I feel overwhelmed. I have a harder time speaking my truth and expressing my thoughts. I've always been sensitive. I honestly get it from my mother. <laughs> we both cry commercials, and when Simba's dad died, I remember my mom being so upset <laughs> in the theater and crying, and I was crying, and it was just a mess. She doesn't handle violence well. I'm indifferent at times, thank you to years of either emotional abuse by players in my life um, or just growing up watching ridiculous stuff that I know isn't real. I can be um, triggered, I guess, if that's the word we're going with. It really doesn't matter what's going on, really. It's just I think it matters what emotional state I'm in at the time. Um, so for the most part, I can handle it pretty decently. Uh, I was diagnosed very young with depression, and I wish I could tell you what I was on by what age. I do believe after writing this and going over it again, I think I was around 14 or 15 when I actually started my antidepressants. Uh, the truth of the matter was that the only thing that really made me feel good, though, was alcohol. It numbed the pain, memories, and allowed me to become a me that I had only dreamed of fun, popular, a guy magnet. Even if I was in a relationship, that really didn't matter, to be completely honest. I have never been really a guy magnet. I was not cute in high school. I was cute, but I wasn't hot in high school. So I certainly came from the ugly ducking, duckling to the swan in my 20s. Everything about me had matured finally, except for my emotions. They say when you experience trauma at a certain age, you stay there, and I fully believe that. I am slowly learning to be okay with who I am. I'm okay with being a Disney adult and a little ridiculous at times. Okay with being the weirdo or the odd one out. I feel like it makes me more fun, outgoing, and able to fit into a bunch of different scenarios. It does bother me, though, that because I can't act childish or silly or immature, that people think I'm incapable or doubt me. That being said, based on my history, it's also really not their fault, to be honest. I brought it on myself. The thing that I think we don't talk about enough in sobriety is that alcohol is the symptom to a problem. Alcohol itself is not the issue. The issue is unresolved anger pain, fear, frustration, trauma, and because we're so poor in mental health when we're using, we think that alcohol is the solution. And for a while, it does work. 
we are having fun. We're able to relax and enjoy ourselves. And I remember this part for me, that alcohol was really an upper for a while. I always had fun. Man, I was, I drank a lot, don't get me wrong, but I had a lot of fun. I was dancing and kissing anybody, literally anybody. I can't do that in COVID times. And if you are, I hope you're vaccinated. Um, But, you know, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. So it worked for a while, right? But as time goes on, so does the disease. The disease gets stronger. It continues to grow and eat at our bodies, our emotions, our life, job, marriages, relationships. When I sobered up, I realized that as much as I wanted to blame alcohol on everything that was happening, I realized I couldn't. I felt like I was going to get a ton get out of jail free cards and everyone would forgive me for everything that I'd done. And that was just not the case at all. Being lied to is really hard. Being manipulated is damaging and creating issues that take years or money to resolve are at times unforgivable. So I had to respect people. And all I can do is over time prove that I have changed, prove that I'm a different person because time truly is the way to tell truth. You can say it till you're blue in the face, but until you actually have put in time and effort, everything you say at this point is going to be second guessed. And that's, that's okay. It, it is okay for a little bit. I thought truly that putting the plug in the jug was going to be the solution to it all, but that is far from it. The hardest thing that I have had to deal with is honesty, speaking my truth and feeling emotions without the crutch of alcohol. It says in the big book, that if you want what we have and have the capacity to be honest, there are some of us, myself included, that think being honest just means we don't steal, lie, manipulate, cheat, you know, the really big things, you know, the Ten Commandments. That is not what it means, though. Rigorous honesty means that we are able to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, wow, I really screwed up. Or... This is not a safe, smart, good idea. Enter in mental health, depression, anxiety. And a lot of us as addicts, when we finally give up alcohol, we find an obsession with something else that makes us feel good. Food, working out, crafting, scrapbooks, social media. We are not only concerned about feeling good, but being good. The desire to not feel pain is so strong in us that we tend to ignore the cause and try and fix the symptoms. This time of year is such a huge provocation for a lot of us. I've seen a lot of people struggling lately. I've seen two people in the past week relapse and it breaks my heart, but I also understand it. We got to hear a friend's story on his time in sobriety and the 13 years he tried to get it before getting it. It made me realize how grateful I am for this program. I am so grateful that there's a place for us where you can come in and get a white chip and start over whenever you want. This time of year, it's hard to get through a lot of things. Last week, I didn't have an episode, but I'm going to be honest and tell you why. So last week, I was having a major manic depressive episode. 
probably the worst one I've had in years. I don't remember having a manic depressive episode like that much intensity before. It was to the point where I could not get out of bed. I had to force myself to shower. And I was unsure of how I was going to make it to next week. But I did it. I did it one day at a time. And by the grace of God and this simple program. I felt bad that I left you all hanging, but I've been hurting for a while. I really wanted to scream and cry and tell you everything that I was feeling, but like I said, this time of year is really hard for a lot of us. I also came to terms with ending some relationships that were really unhealthy and weighing down my mental health. I had made a mistake a few months ago when I was home. I trusted someone I shouldn't have, and because that person was in sobriety... I believe that they were going to follow the same principles as I did. I ignored red flags and some, uh, and consequently, sorry about that, and consequently put people that I cared about in a less than great situation. Out of respect, I'm not going to go into details, but it is something that had a huge effect on my mental health and I needed a solution. And I realized last week, after having a discussion with my therapist, what ghosting was. Evidently, ghosting is when people keep you around, but ignore your existence. So, like, everything will be okay, you're talking, you're on social media, together, you have each other's phone numbers, and then all of a sudden they just disappear. Now, I didn't have an episode where it was all of a sudden poof, disappearing. Um, I was told that they need space and time to heal, which is completely fine with me. I respect that. And I believe that (laughs) people need to heal on their own time. Um, But I had attempted to reach out multiple times to make amends and I didn't get a response. And then on social media, I guess they, on Instagram or what have you, they can mute you. And so they were blocking me from seeing their stories. And I only know that because I was able to see from a different account, my um, business account, I could see that they had stories and I was really confused. So I clicked on it and it dawned on me, I can see it from this account, not this account. So you're muting me, but not to my business account. So that really actually hurt a lot like I know that I had made a mistake I know that I had screwed up but after a year and a half three years of of friendship it was really crappy to realize that I was being restricted and I can respect I can respect needing time to heal I can respect needing space but what I can't respect is playing games And you can see this part of my life, but you can't see this part of my life. Listen, either we're in this together and we're working through it or we're not. And it left me questioning myself. I was questioning my decisions, who I was as a person. I really was wondering, is this ever going to get better? And I just, I finally realized it's, you know, it's time. I... 
I can't handle being a part of something where I'm being blocked or muted or kept out of things. For what I don't know, I, I'm not quite sure if I can still see your posts. What difference is it going to make if you are hiding me from your stories, unless you're saying something about me, I which whatever, that's none of my business. I could care less. But I just found it really interesting. So I went through and I unfollowed them um, on social media and I removed them from following me. Now, I don't have a private account anymore. I revamped my social media. And honestly, it was probably one of the most relieving feelings I've had in a really long time. I miss them. Like, <laughs> I'm... I miss them like crazy, but also it was weighing me down so much that I had to, I had to be the one to resolve it. I had to be the one who was going to say enough is enough. I can't do this anymore. And so I realized when I was going through all of this last week and looking over everything last week and trying to decide how to move on. And I had talked to a friend of mine and she said that she just goes through and mutes everything and she's slowly pulling away from, you know, the same situation or same situation, different people. I don't know, but she and I were discussing, you know, how it made us feel. And it really made me realize that I was missing a part of me. I was missing a part of me that I identified with them. They were home to me. They were back home in Minnesota to me. Um, I felt connected to Minnesota through them. I lost my individualism. And I had spoke to one of my friends about this before I went home. I was like, I'm just so scared. I said, what if I don't fit in with you guys? What if I don't, you know bring to the table what you need. I was so worried about making sure that I was okay in the group that I forgot as an individual, I have so much value. As an individual is why people appreciate me or like me. So when I lost them, I felt like I lost a part of myself. I felt like if I didn't have these people in my life, that I was not a whole person. But I learned something about myself through this. And something that sobriety has given me is that I am a whole person. I am worthy of friendships and I am going to make mistakes and that's okay. I still love them and I will be here. But the inability to communicate, resolve, or discuss things is something I can't force upon people. So I made a decision that was not only best for me, but I really hope for them as well because... I don't want them to be friends with someone that they have to curtail their lives around and hide things. I mean, we are not in high school, you guys. Like, if you have to block people from your life or mute people from your life, you shouldn't be in them. <laughs> there are times in life and sobriety that we have to make decisions that are going to hurt in the interim. It's going to hurt for that short period of time. But overall, are truly best for our mental health. I am not a bad person. You are not a bad person. I don't believe in bad people. And yes, I've worked in criminal justice and politics for 10 years. I do believe wholeheartedly, however, in bad decisions because God knows I've made them.
This is what I was talking about last week with being honest and speaking our truth. We cannot be told what we can and cannot share to preserve our sobriety. Because when we recover out loud, we save someone else's life. And I truly, truly believe that, that my mess is your message. I've never lost friends in sobriety. I've never lost friends from using. I've never lost friends, period. Mainly because I never put myself out there to make friends. <laughs> um because I hate being hurt. Who doesn't hate being hurt? You know, I'm married. So, I mean, getting hurt is just part of marriage, right? Part of friendships. My best friend and I, we are basically sisters and we bicker and we argue. Um, but I I uh I have never really had friends. I haven't allowed myself to get close to people because I either don't want to get hurt or I don't want to disappoint them. And I am really glad that I had this. I'm really glad that this happened to me, that this happened to the group, that this happened to us, because without this, I wouldn't have realized who I am. I wouldn't have realized what I'm capable of. And you are all relying on me to be honest and transparent. It's if I'm not being honest and I'm not being transparent, then I'm not going to help you recover. I'm not going to help you say, oh my God, I've been through this. I know exactly how you are feeling. And so that is something that is really important to me. With all the people I see struggling and relapsing, I want you to know that you are not alone. So last week, as I was going through all these huge changes and mental health trials and debating what was good for my life and what wasn't, I did a lot of gratefulness thinking and I wanted to talk about the solution. I just told you what happened, my experience, and now my strength and hopefully my hope. My strength came from having an attitude of gratitude and gratefulness. And you know, I know there's a Bible verse that says, praise him in all times, all times, good times, bad times, indifferent times, silly times, cry times, praise him at all times, in all things be thankful. So I decided last week that I am thankful for this opportunity. I'm really thankful when my husband and I go through something really difficult because we always come out stronger on the other side. When I was done making those decisions last week, throughout the week, I practiced gratitude. And that's what I wanted to talk about for the rest of the podcast. It's having an attitude of gratitude in the hard times and what to do during those hard times. Gratitude list. Every day, write five to ten things that you are grateful for. Take account of what you already have, who you already have, and that also includes things such as patience, understanding, AA, sobriety, your best friend, even if you fight, food, roof, family. There truly is a lot to be grateful for. This one is huge. Number two is practice mindfulness. Whether it's your morning meditation, yoga, your meetings, this is a chance to live in the present, paying attention to the present moment. 
and letting go of things, not hanging on to them, letting go of anxiety, depression, and stress, even if it's for five minutes. And if you have a panic attack, an anxiety attack, one thing my therapist tells me to do is because it is a chemical response to a situation to remind myself that this is not real. This is fear. This is chemical. Make sure you put yourself in a situation where you can be comfortable while you resolve your panic attack. Notice and be grateful for the little things. Literally stop and smell the flowers. Be grateful for the bee in the flower. And this can be really really hard. I know last week for me, I found myself getting really short-tempered for people moving slowly, not paying attention on the road, or cutting me off. I was so transfixed on this incident that happened so many months ago and how it affected me as a human, as a person, that I started lashing out at other people because I literally couldn't focus on anything else, but how do I make this better? And I know right now it's Christmas, right? We are all in a rush. So I've really tried to tailor my anger and frustration and take a moment to look at things from other people's point of view, which can be really hard when you're behind the person in Walmart who puts their cart in the middle of the aisle, then walks down the aisle and stands in front of the rice for 35 minutes picking out their rice. And all you need is just one box of rice and you can't get to it. And if you go in the other aisle to get something else, there's someone doing the exact same thing, or there's five carts going in different directions. It's stop. Take a look from their point of view. They're doing the same thing we are. They need stuff for Thanksgiving. They need stuff for Christmas. They need stuff for family meals. So what makes me different or better than them or I should be up there not you nothing there are so many times where I have had expectations of how people should act so then I get angry when they don't act how I want them to in the store on the road you know like pay attention dummy well maybe I was the one that needed to pay attention you know and slow down don't be in a rush Honestly, there is nothing that can't get done today that can't that can't get done today that can't get done tomorrow. I know it sounds stupid, but it's true. Last week when I was so deep into my depression, everything went to the wayside. But you know what happened? Nothing. Literally nothing. Nothing went wrong. Nothing was missed. Nothing was not done that wasn't so important it couldn't wait slow down. It's not a race. Contribute and help others. Reach out. I did so much reaching out last week to my sponsor, to friends. I have some friends back home in Minnesota who also have manic depression. Um, And I was honest, you guys, about how crappy I was feeling and not one of them was like oh cheer up you'll get through this every one of them was like yeah that sucks I'm sorry like take your time do you there's nothing that needs to happen we'll be here for you if you want to talk or not talk 
I was honest about how sad, frustrated, and angry I was. The self-pity, the tears, the pain. And I reached out. I knew well enough to reach out because I was starting to isolate pretty bad. And for me to be self-aware of isolation is a huge step. I uh, reached out and told people what was going on. And I tell you, so many people were like, I've been there too. I felt how you feel. Thank you for the reminder. And it was so nice to know that I was not alone. If you can get out of the house, go volunteer. Go to a meeting. Have coffee with a friend. But reach out. I see so many people in relapse that aren't reaching out. You know they're having that first drink again. Number six is accept life as it is. That's it. Acceptance is the answer. Remember? It's imperfect and so are you. Life is never going to be perfect. You are never going to iron your shirt perfectly. Your handwriting is never going to be perfect. The way you reprimand your child is never going to be perfect. The way you say you're sorry for something is never going to be perfect. Life is imperfect, you guys. And the more we realize that, the easier it gets. And this is going to sound really ridiculous, okay? Really ridiculous because for a long time, I was decently vain about my looks. I was in pageants. I modeled. And like I said earlier, in my 20s, I wasn't bad looking. And so we're going on vacation. And I know that there's going to be pictures taken. And so normally, I get my hair done, I have my nails done, I have matching outfits and purses, and this season, this year, I'm just like, (laughs) you get what you get, man. I painted my nails and toenails at home today. My hair is growing out, so it's got natural color, but it's also got the old color underneath. I am losing a little bit of weight, but I'm still not where I want to be. But there is so much beauty in my imperfections. There is so much about who I am that makes the hair and the nails and the cute Mickey t-shirt obsolete. You know what I mean? That's not what people are worried about. People are worried about the genuineness of my heart, the genuineness of my thoughts and my actions. And so if I am able to accept life as it is on life's terms and its imperfections, that allows me to go back to number one, having gratitude, writing a list of gratitude, Number two, practicing mindfulness. And number three, being grateful for the little things. I am so tired of worrying about my appearance or being too goofy or being too weird or not being good enough. I am so tired of worrying about that. So I am going on vacation without doing my hair, without doing my nails in this imperfect form. Number seven, do things that make you happy. 
Make time for you. Work out, read, do your nails, listen to your favorite podcasts. Maybe this is one of them. Reboost that serotonin. I laid around and binged TV last week. I hung out with my bunnies and I watched some really crappy shows that made me feel good about myself. But that was something that I did for me. I carved out time for me. I made space for me to feel my emotions. I made space to make myself okay. I didn't get laundry done. The dishes. Oh, God, you guys. It was... I mean, it wasn't like living in a hoarder's house, right? But, I mean, it definitely wasn't up to my normal standards. But the animals ate. The family ate. Everything was fine. Express your gratitude for others. This is something that I did last week. Um, When I was feeling really low, I reached out to my friend Kelly and my friend Danielle, um, my friend Jamie, um, and my friend Teresa, and I just told them all, I love you. That was it. I'm just grateful that you're in my life. I'm grateful that you can be there for me. I'm grateful that you're there for me when I need you. Um, Random acts of kindness. Send someone a Venmo for coffee. Remind people what they mean to you if you don't have money. There are so many ways to express gratitude and smiling. It's infectious. Smile at people. They will smile back. (laughs) And we watched Elf the other night. And one of my favorite parts is when he goes, why are you smiling? He goes, I don't know. I just like smiling. Smiling's my favorite. And that is, (laughs) I love that part of the movie. Um, When you express gratitude and people respond and like, it really is the best feeling. It really, really is. And when I carved out time last week and I told my friend Danielle how I was feeling and what I was going through, um, I carved out that time to say, hey, thank you for being in my life. This is what's going on. And she responded and told me some crazy stuff, y'all. I was like, oh, my God. 30 minutes later, I was having the best night. I learned so much about her. She's a phenomenal person. She's actually my social media manager, and she helps me out with this podcast. So um, I was talking to her about non-work things because the most important thing with her is my relationship and my friendship. And so when she started telling me some of the stuff from her past and her childhood, I was just like, oh, my God, dude, this is so crazy. Like, do you ever look at someone and go, oh, my gosh, you're so cute. You're so pretty. Like, you're so innocent. Oh, and then you find out <laughs> that that cute little innocent face just is a cute innocent face. <laughs> and I am so thankful for her because she absolutely, she's not an addict, she's not an alcoholic, but damn, she makes me feel less alone. <laughs> um, forgive yourself for feeling crappy. Forgive yourself, period. Yep. Forgive yourself. Remember. We practice progress over perfection. It's okay to not be okay. Normalize mental health. Normalize it around you. Make people realize that it's okay to not be okay. I actually, last Friday, or the Friday before, sorry, um, emailed my boss and said, listen, I had a massive panic attack last night. That would have been Thursday night. And I had to take something to help me through that. And I'm just not feeling well. I'm overwhelmed. I'm exhausted. And I would like to work from home today. And he was like, absolutely. 
take care of yourself. Like my boss is the coolest. My boss and my boss's boss both are just phenomenal human beings. Um, so kind, so understanding. They normalize mental health. They normalize, you know, depression and anxiety and are very recognizing, very good at recognizing my medical needs as well. So, um, I know not everybody has that, but man, when it comes to gratitude, my boss, my bosses are the shit. And I will never leave my job because of that. 110%. Setting boundaries. I'm not talking about setting boundaries with, you know, boys and girls or friends and family. I mean, if that's what you need to do, then do that. But I'm talking about setting boundaries that allow manageability and health in your life. Saying no. Say no. I had someone that was going to do the podcast with me this week. Um, and she reached out to me, I think, yesterday or Sunday. One of these one of these days. And said, hey, I can't do it this week. I've got A going on and B going on. And then it's this and Christmas. And oh, I'm just feeling really overwhelmed. I said, all right, cool. I said, that's great. That's fine. Like she made sure, A, she didn't make up some reason why she couldn't do it. But B, she let me know that I need to set a boundary. I'm not taking enough space for myself. I don't want to be overwhelmed. And can we do this later? <laughs> the fact that someone wanted to help me or join me the week of Christmas is crazy enough already. So of course, I'm going to be okay with that. Honesty is the best policy and setting boundaries for your mental health is just as important. Um, these are just a few things, examples of things that you can do to preserve your gratefulness and your attitude of gratitude. I know I say every week I'm grateful for people in my life, but this week I am grateful for the people I've had in my life over a lifetime. Everyone comes into our lives and sometimes they stay. Other times they're there for us to learn and sometimes they go. And I feel like my friends taught me so much about what I want, deserve, need, and desire for my life. Now, my hope is that we will all find our ways back to each other. My hope is that we can grow past what happened and move on. By having this program, by having these steps, I was able to grow and change. And for that, I am thankful. I am grateful for friends that stick by me in all the crappy times and friends who want to learn and grow with me, even after I've been an ass to people. I'm beyond grateful for social media, which I would not have said four or five weeks ago. Um, I have met so many people through social media that would do anything for me at the drop of a hat. And I am so beyond thankful for that. Um, as hard as it has made things in my life and all the lessons that it has taught me, um, it also has brought me so many amazing people. I am excited to be where I am. I am excited that when you are going to be listening to this, I'm going to be on my way to Disney World with my family. We almost didn't get to go again this year, but because I'm stubborn and found a solution <laughs> to a problem, um, we're going. And I want those memories. My happy space outside of my family is Disney and baseball. And this year's Walt Disney's 50th 
anniversary and I wanted a chance to go and see it. I wanted to go and see it at Christmas. I have had a lot stacked up against me um, that didn't allow us to go almost. And unfortunately, um, one person won't be joining us due to a work schedule. But hard work and the right tools allowed us to be able to take this trip. And I'm grateful for all of you and for being a part of this journey and this podcast. I never knew that I could make a difference. And knowing that there are people from all over the world that this reaches means more to me than you'll ever know. And I hope that you have an amazing Christmas or winter solstice, whichever you recognize, or Kwanzaa, because I'm pretty sure I won't be back until after that anyway. But remember that in this season and all seasons, you are worth it. There is hope out there, and it doesn't matter how many times you get a white chip. We still love you. We'll welcome you home one day at a time. You are always welcome, and I'm here for you. If you need to reach out, please do that. Email me, send me a message on Instagram, and let me be there for you. You can't keep it if you don't give it away. So until next week, fam, I hope that you are doing well. Please take it easy on yourself. Be gentle with yourself. And have a wonderful Christmas. And until next week, be well, fam.